asked for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tonight on Rogue Padron, the real, real Lieutenant Ketch, real world math usage, and two Karelians in love. Never tell me the odds, a Karelian. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I kind of want to write it now. Oh my god, please do. Worst. Okay, I have way too many stories going. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Listeners, welcome to a brand new episode, season seven, mission six of Rogue Padron. Wait, am Tonight I we'll be go- yeah, Hang no. on, Heath, say some words. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, Meg. Oh no, Danny. <laughs> okay, we're good. <laughs> are, are we? Yeah, yeah. Are you uh, sure? I I promise. Okay. <laughs> Hi, listeners. <laughs> we really are here for Season 7, Mission 6 of Rogue Padron. Tonight, we'll be going over X-Wing Solo Command, Chapter 16 through the end of the book. But before that, because it has been two whole Padronless weeks, a quick reminder of your host. It feels like it's been a lifetime since the last time we recorded. Yeah. It has a been lot a of long things. two weeks. It's I been feel a like I've had a weeks. lot of feelings since then. Oh, <laughs> just, I'm hey. so sorry to hear that, Peg. <laughs> good. Feelings are the I, worst. No, that's I know. Never, no that's one should ever have good. to experience feelings. <laughs> that's never good. If Danny Rogue Six was a cryptid, he would be Bigfoot oh because he's often seen in the woods helping animals. I didn't know that Bigfoot Aww. was helpful to animals. Yeah. I like Bigfoot a little more now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> At Redacted Bookstore, we have these little um bigfoot little like um dolls at, that are at all the cash registers it's like in a box and so you can like just see the feet poking out of the box it's really cute that's pretty Aww. cool well Sephrok 7 would be a kelpie which is a mythological water horse who looks for human companionship aka it devours people in the water and throws back the bits it doesn't want oh my yep. god yeah that sounds like Seth. Speaking of horses, the entire time I've been watching the latest Bojack Horseman season and tweeting about it, I'm like, please, nobody oh, take this. Yeah. My horse loving. I just like the no, show. It's absolutely not just horses, but also horse men. Oh, I really don't. I don't like it. <laughs> not just the horse men, but the horse women and children. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> With that, this is Rogue Padron. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even make it to the introductions this week. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so what's he? <laughs> he, he, Rogue Three, 
tree would be one of the man-eating trees because it's nice to go into the forest, but it will make sure that people don't come in after it. My God, I'm an ent. (laughs) (laughs) Not just the man-eating trees, but the women-eating trees trees and the children-eating trees. trees. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm Meg. Rogue leader. And I would be the Kraken because I just want to give whales and ship some hugs, but then I accidentally destroy them. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well... Speaking of either cryptids or genocide, I'm not sure. (laughs) Seahorses. Seahorses. Just horses. (laughs) The woman horses and the children horses, too. I have a question about Star Wars Episode Nine, untitled. What are your thoughts about J.J. Abrams? No reason, just curious. He has the uniform for Star Wars directors. He has the uniform. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> does the glasses. Mean? He's white and the wears glasses. glasses. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Cool, great. Yeah. I think he was a very logical choice given the situation they found themselves in. I definitely think they now have to have some diversity for the next film. There's just like no excuse for it at this point but i also i loved force awakens and love jj and pretty much everything he's ever done so i'm pretty content with the news wait so how'd you feel about felicity felicity jones no Fel- the jj abrams everything jj abrams has ever done <laughs> <laughs> jen urso was fine why do you <laughs> ask she was she was okay i don't see where this is going <laughs> That's something of his I've never actually watched. Well, then. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that's not promising. (laughs) No, I actually, well, this is the problem, is that I, besides the Star Trek 2009, which I really like, I really love that movie. I, it's one of, like, the best rewatchable movies that I have. Um, But besides that, and the wars, I don't think I have really sought out J.J. Abrams films mm-hmm. or was like, yeah, J.J. Abrams films. Um, but I have watched the majority of his television programming. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that he starts these things and then leaves and then they're bad. <laughs> so, like, I don't know how to take that into a movie instance right like they just they go on for for too long it is not a coherent story but like i don't think we have to worry about those things when it comes to a movie that's really being like heralded by story group not just jj abrams right and especially since those things often get bad after he leaves like that's not really applicable in this situation either i have really mixed feelings on Abram. Like, I I love The Force Awakens a lot, as anybody who knows me probably knows. Um, But I always have issues with how he ends his movies. Like, it's just a personal thing for me, is that the way he does closure, or doesn't do closure, doesn't resonate with how I enjoy closure in stories. Um, So I'm kind of worried about him doing the end of a trilogy where I definitely want it to resonate with me. Uh, But on the other hand, like, all my other issues with him, like... 
his underwear stuff in the in the Star Trek movies yeah. uh, will get yeah. like kicked out by the story group. So I'm not super mm-hmm. worried about like those yeah. other things coming in and messing up the movie because like Abrams, as we can probably tell by now with the directors and stuff, like I guess a new like a new hope in the Force Awakens do have a lot of similarities, like story structure wise. Yeah, okay, it's got a lot of stuff that reflects a new hope, but it also did take quite a lot of risks with like the characters and other things in it. And also, like, we kind of know by now that the story group has quite, and Kennedy has quite a big hand in how the story is told. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just, you know, Abrams doing the same old thing again. It was everybody kind of telling that story, uh, which means that if they don't want to rehash Return of the Jedi, then they won't for this one because they don't want to. On the other hand, I really like Return of the Jedi, so I'm sort of like, eh, I'm okay with that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on the other hand, I don't think we're going to get, like, Ray, Ray's dad, like, you know, killing... Snoke or something like pfft. unless Ray's dad is Luke and we have some weird thing happening but anyways I am okay with it but I am worried about how he's gonna finish it for me personally I don't think it's yeah. a story thing for him in general it's just for me yeah I think what I'm coming back to is with all the news lately like the question how much directing are these directors actually doing mm-hmm. because it sure seems like like as you said Seth the story group and and Kathleen Kennedy specifically have a lot more say over the story than the directors themselves and when the directors try to stray from that then goodbye i think a lot of it comes down to like the directors have quite a lot of say about the story but if it starts going in a direction that the others don't like they'll be like hey let's maybe refine this um because it seems like i mean if you watch the force awakens like it definitely seems like an abram story and from what we can see with like ryan johnson he seems to just be doing his own thing but it works with what the story group wants and I think that's kind of how it's just going to keep big, and that's kind of how it happens in, like, big franchise things like this. Like, I guess I come at it from a game development point of view, but I'm sort of just like, yeah, this seems kind of normal to me, which I guess is different when you've got, like, the whole uh, auteur thing of movies. Right. But on the other hand, most of these guys aren't actual, like, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to say the word, auteur kind of guys. Like, their movies aren't, like, beautiful masterpieces on the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. They're just They're directors genre direct film movies. directors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm so like, I don't really care about this as a thing for Star Wars movies because like, it's not really a thing for these guys anyways. Sure. Yeah. yeah like I if think... they brought in someone like Wes Anderson and then did something like made him make a normal movie, then I'd be like, this is bullshit. I'm sorry, Danny. But also like the, these guys aren't like Wes Anderson or whatever. Like, it's just, okay. I, get, I forgive you, Seth, because we- you just called Wiz him Wes Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, I about who Wiz Anderson? Wiz Anderson. Like literally so good. Yeah, when they you know when they bring Wiz Jensen to make a movie. Wiz Anderson, I love it. Real talk. Wiz Jensen should direct a Star Wars movie. It'd be great. Wow. Okay. So what I keep coming back to is that, like, at the end of the day, we had Colin Trevorrow as our director for episode nine, and then they fired Trevorrow, and for, like, a, what was it, like, four days, everyone got these big ideas of, like, oh my gosh, maybe now we're going to get a chance to get our first female director, or maybe we'll get a chance to get some, like, new vision in here, and then they announced J.J. Abrams, and I think that if they had announced that J.J. Abrams was replacing Colin Trevorrow it'd be a much different reaction. But because yeah. we had those days to dream about what could have been, people are suddenly like, oh my gosh. But really at the end of the day, I think we can all agree, or a lot of us can agree, I'm, I, I, whatever. A lot of us can agree that Abrams is a step up from where we were. 
And so okay. I like I do agree that it, there are a lot of things that could have been that would have been awesome, but also like we we did get to a better point director wise. So I guess that's just how I put it in perspective at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. That said, the next standalone isn't directed by a woman. We're coming after Lucasfilm with pitchforks. Oh yeah, I will kick their ass. You heard it here first. Saf will personally. <laughs> kick lucasfilm's ass <laughs> oh god i really <laughs> hope they use a woman now <laughs> <laughs> you're scrappy you can take them yeah i should take like maybe three of them <laughs> get to the gym Seth. <laughs> i heard get to the gym Seth, and i was like all right uh, yeah I'm, yeah sure that, that too. it'll probably help her fight it yeah, <laughs> we do. why do we keep coming back to felicity jones i don't understand <laughs> all right Let's talk about some X-Wings. Yeah. Pew, pew. Chapter 16 starts with the second death, being on board the Iron Fist and Warlord Gabor's third fleet led by Chains of Justice. Sure, 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 sure. (laughs) On their way to Slagus. Uh-huh. Can you just say that whole sentence again? (laughs) Just a lot lot going on in that one. (laughs) There's a lot of things. Yeah. Or like a boy thinks he might actually be able to win this engagement. Han sees the third fleet coming in, and Onoma mentions that they would outgun them if they met up with Iron Fist. But Han says it's not impossible to beat them. They just have to fight better. And they, of course, have a Karelian odd thing in this part. Of course <laughs> they do. They have a good chuckle. So they follow the third fleet to Salagus 6. Lara steps onto the secret deck of Iron Fist. Nobody thinks anything of her as she keeps her pace calm and walks through the office. The two technicians in there are dummies. And when Lara (laughs) tells them that they're vomitously despicable creatures that she's ever met, they just reply with a, but you don't even know us yet. (laughs) That was really cute. They're really sensitive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she just came in and insulted us you didn't even try to get to know us right like you know I, we haven't even exchanged pleasantries yet <laughs> like buddies you probably want to get out of the empire and go join the rebel alliance this isn't the empire or whatever right now but that just I, it was just such a normal experience as like <laughs> as a woman <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you tell someone to like f off and they're just like but 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 i can do 27 push-ups in a row and you're just like why why are right. you still talking i Ooh, didn't so hit a girl's I. ass last week so come on like, I'm, <laughs> I'm a decent I'm human a, i'm a nice guy like are you are you you're, you're are experimenting you on animals right now are you really yeah like are you really a nice guy <laughs> i'm gonna say no yeah, yeah yeah no i'm a feminist <laughs> oh, I totally yeah. believe that that uh, women should be allowed to wait. What is it that you all want to do again? <laughs> oh no, no, forget that. <laughs> Basically, but like I'll buy you stuff if you want. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Great. You heard it here. Danny's gonna buy us stuff. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. That I was playing a character. That that's not me. <laughs> Well, Lara threatens to kill them if they don't take her into the containment chamber. When she gets him, the first creature she frees is an Ewok. 
He speaks basic and has picked up some human mannerisms. He obviously wants to kill the technicians, but Laura tells him no. She says for it to go ask the other creatures if they want to be freed and if they will not attack her and to let out the ones who agree. The technicians say that Warlord Gabor will kill her for this, but Laura retorts, no, he's going to kill me for several other things. That's just me in life. <laughs> the list is law. <laughs> like, get in line, boy. <laughs> Warlord Gabor's head engineer reports that, pessimistically, it'll take an hour to repair the hyperdrive. They found the saboteur droids, and I love... Warlord Gabor's try that again when he thinks it's a joke that the technician <laughs> is telling him. Yeah, you can just imagine him with like a deadpan expression going, yeah. <laughs> not amused. Right. Try, try that again. Try that again. And they've been dealing with them by literally stomping on them with their boots. <laughs> no. Those poor droids. It's so sad, but it's also so... What? <laughs> You're just, just well, kicking a guy. He's just like jumping around on mouse droids. Right, these these full grown people. <laughs> I, just... I really appreciate it. Alston doesn't try and make it seem like it's a formidable enemy as we're gearing up for the <laughs> climax here. Like they're clearly incompetent, and the Rays are clearly gonna win. And he's just like, well, I'm just gonna show that like <laughs> they're stomping on droids to try and defeat them at this point. <laughs> Yeah, like, they're just trying. And the technicians really are more hard. concerned about the lack of small talk that's happening here. <laughs> yeah, like, priorities. They have them. Wedge is busy leading a task force of four X-Wing squadrons, Polearm Squadron, and the Wraiths. They jump ahead past Warlord Gabor's third fleet to spot Iron Fist, and the first pilot who finds him gets an extra three-day leave. Warlord Gabor launches all squadrons except the 181st and the Experimentals to hammer the Mon Ramonda. They believe they only have a shield of Y-Wings to defend itself, but Han has done this on purpose. The last ship in his fleet is the Imperial Star Destroyer Skyhook, and rather than be refitted with new, t- new like X-Wings, it keeps its squadron of six TIE fi- Sorry. It keeps its six squadrons <laughs> of TIE Fighters. That's very it's different. six whole TIEs. Oh <laughs> <laughs> mostly piloted by former Imperials. So as Warlord Gabor fighters approach, Han sends them out, catching them by surprise for a good round of casualties. Wedge's forces go in to start their runs on the Iron Fist, which is staying pretty much where it is and making some dust by shooting asteroids. As they approach, Min gets a very bad feeling about this and yells at Wedge for them to break away because it's an ambush. They turn around, unfortunately losing a couple ships in the process from the debris, and Wedge orders Min to explain himself. He tells Wedge about a simulator run he had to do in the past that was just like this. An Imperial Star Destroyer lured the snub fighters into the same cloud and then started shooting at large asteroids that would explode and hit the ships. In the simulator, it was the original Iron Fist, Warlord Gabor's first command. So wait, they're just shooting at big rocks and hoping that debris kills everyone? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works. It definitely would, yeah. It makes me Cause... think of that old arcade game. Asteroids? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together over here. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Good teamwork, Saf. 
<laughs> I'm always here to tell you about games. <laughs> oh. Wedge accepts this explanation and tells the fighters to avoid asteroids that are big enough to cause damage if they are hit, but they are still going in. Deep inside Iron Fist's systems, a watchdog program clocks when the Super Star Destroyer starts firing its lasers. A timer starts for three minutes. Warlord Gabor is disappointed their trick didn't really work and that they took enough losses against the Mon Ramonda and the Friendly Ties. He orders his fighters back to protect him as... He complains that he's tired and making sloppy mistakes. Rather than being smart, he's just throwing money and resources at the problem. How nice. Yeah, must be nice. It's <laughs> a good metaphor. Laura has the four technicians tied up in a bevy in a bevy of creatures ready to go with her, including Ranets, Chandra fans, Atals, and a pair of Gamorians. She says they can go. Get the escape pods unless one of them can fly. Okay, we're going to dramatic read it. (laughs) We can get you out on the escape pods. Laura said. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were doing that. Yeah, I guess I'll narrate. Laura said. Unless, can any of you pilot a shuttle? One of the humanoids raised a paw. (laughs) The Ewok. Lara stared at him. You're kidding. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's so good. Oh, it's amazing. (laughs) He said. Doctors put me in simulators. See if Kolot can learn to fly. And you can. Yes. Kola, you can't even reach all the controls. Warlord had mechanics make me prosthetics for hands and feet. Stop it. The words emerged from Lara as a shout, and the uh, and she buried her face in her hands. I know this joke already. Joke? After a moment, she uncovered her face and knelt before the Ewok to look at him from his own altitude. Kolot, we're the same thing, you and I. We're both lies that eventually became the truth. The Ewok shook his head, not comprehending. Don't worry, you'll understand someday. Let's go. I think we can stop there. <laughs> that was oh amazing! God. So amazing. good! Oh my god. So <laughs> I'm so glad I made you do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. This is my life now. Also, so catch is real. Catch is real. Yeah, oh my god. Catch is real. Catch is very real. Yeah, that was well played. Well played long con. con. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. The longest of cons. So like, did... Did they... Did like, they? <laughs> no. Did they like see if Colot could fly and make him prosthetics just to see if Ketch could have been real or something? Like, did they hear about Ketch and go, "Wait, we have to do this now"? <laughs> I I don't know. Which or came the... first, the catch Colot or the catch? Or the egg. <laughs> Chick catch. <laughs> or the Danny. Colot. Okay. 
Okay, mov- yeah. moving on, moving on. <laughs> Which came first, the kitch or the very giant egg? <laughs> With the glistening M-trays. What? Oh, can you imagine if that egg on. opens out and it's just a bunch of Ewoks with prosthetics? No! Oh my god! <laughs> uh, remember the rig? <laughs> I missed the rig. <laughs> oh, we had so many good ideas. Uh, and they were all wasted. Somehow, an Ewok with prosthetics wasn't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to spoil anything. <laughs> oh. That, I think, is your best kept yeah, secret. Yeah, that, that would have been oddly specific if you're like, I think it will be full of Ewoks with prosthetics. <laughs> yeah. Hyped up intelligence. Who can definitely fly. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a little obvious. A little bit. <laughs> all right. Yes, or leads the group. A thousand winking, glistening M-trays was so much less specific. <laughs> yeah, but like you knew, you knew M-tray at that point. That's fair. <laughs> this was not the best kept secret in all of Star Wars. No. <laughs> what if M-tray was the best kept secret <laughs> in all of Star Wars? M-tray is the last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> What if he just walks out of like Luke's cave on Akato? Oh my gosh! And just waits. I waits think right we've to cracked the it. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, I would definitely pay to see that movie several times. If so, oh. yep. Did you hear the part where I said I think we've cracked it? Oh, it's, it's funny because uh, an egg. Yeah. Oh no! Thank you. <laughs> we need to move on from this. <laughs> My jokes are hilarious. Sure do. <laughs> All right. Laura leads the group to the repulsor lift, where Tonin is waiting and notices the Gamorians have lagged behind. Did you say the Gamorians? <laughs> yes. The best kind she of Morians sure are Gamorians. <laughs> she sure did. <laughs> I could say Gam, like Gamorians. I don't know why. I was... It just. <laughs> oh, Saf left for the best part. <laughs> Come on, Seth. <laughs> I mean, we don't know they're not. So. And anyway, as she turns, she see bl- she sees blood on them and on the glass of the room they were just in. She doesn't know what to say, and she has no idea what the technicians have done to them. So she just whispers, "Let's go." The three-minute timer has expired, and the program compiles information on the status of every ship in Warlord Gabor's fleet. It sends it all in a nice little package over to the Mon Ramonda using a Wraith Squadron encryption code. When Han receives it, he sends it out to on the entire fleet, telling them to use that information until he says otherwise. The... <laughs> <laughs> The head engineer calls to Warlord Gabor that the hyperdrive is functional again and they are already working on the redundant systems. Warlord Gabor makes a note to Melvar to give him extra leave and a raise in pay for his efficiency. Melvar notices a radiation leak on deck four and goes to check it out on a hunch. Hmm. What could it be? Is Melvar force sensitive? Who knows? Melvar is the last Jedi. <laughs> you can see some nerd dude that, with these long silver. So clock. disappointing. <laughs> but it'd be like every nerd fanboy's like fantasy. Yeah. Yes, Melvar. <laughs> Melvar. 
If Melvar can become a Jedi, I can too. Meanwhile, ninety nine percent of the audience is like, "What? <laughs> Who is this? What? Oh, no. that would be the worst." All right. Oops, scrolled too far down. Now that his original ties have returned to protect Iron Fist, Warlord Gabor sends out the 181st to engage the rogues. He asks them to lead them away and kill Wedge. He'll send a support group after them in a couple minutes. Warlord Gabor knows that the next few minutes of the battle will decide the outcome. He hopes to destroy the Mon Ramonda and kill Han, or if he sees he's losing, he'll destroy Iron Fist temporarily. Han's fleet is using the new data to their advantage as they close in on Iron Fist. The Monarmanda is positioned above, and Han orders full power to bow shields and for the other ships to line up behind him, and they're going to drill a hole straight through Iron Fist. Lara and her squad stop outside the door to the hangar bay. She tells the group to wait a minute after she and Tannen go in to see if it's clear, and then to come join her. Lara orders Tannen to check her X-Wing and take care of whatever Warlord Gaborn has done to it while she preps the Lombada-class shuttle for the rest of them. Melvar tells her that won't be necessary, waiting for her there with Patsy Face Ensign Gatterweld. That's a name. <laughs> That's his birth name, all right. Face <laughs> he figured she wouldn't leave without her X-Wing and went there to head her off after he figured out the radiation leak information was false. He's going to bring her to Warlord Gabor, and he says it's too bad because she could have helped Warlord Gabor do great things. Before he and Lara can fight more, her squad is there, and the Gamorians attack, and soon the whole group is clawing and biting at whatever they can. Lara yells at them to stop and to just leave them, saying they'll die with Iron Fist. And we do have a touching little reading that I thought Saf would like. In minutes, she and Tannen had the two vehicles ready for departure. She fitted a ladder to the side of her X-Wing. You're sure you can fly this thing? The Ewok, standing at the base of the shuttle's boarding ramp, nodded. He carried the objects he'd brought with him from the hidden medical facility. Four prosthetic extensions, two with articulated hands at the ends, two with long-toed feet. Ugh. I'm really disappointed <laughs> that the Ewok didn't say, yep, yep, commander here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be so good! Tan rolled up to her and whistled a question. She didn't have to know the musical speech of droids to understand. No, Tanen, you're going with them. You have to broadcast all that data I recorded about Zinja's projects, the medical data. He whistled again, more urgently, shrilly, a complicated message. <laughs> there we go. She drew her goggles from her pack, put them on, plugged the trailing wire into Tanen's side. Where are you going? I'm going to rejoin my unit. You said they hated you. They will be your enemies. The Warlord's forces are your enemies. You'll die if you do this. Maybe. She said. Probably. Don't. <laughs> it's so cute. Don't. That voice is going to be in my nightmares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you'll float too. <laughs> she stared down into his hollow cam eye and suddenly found it and Tannen's stance to be as expressive as any human mannerism. Oh, Tannen, I have to. I have to do this to be who I decided I want to be. Do you understand? No! You've already reprogrammed yourself. That's enough. I wish it were, but an intention isn't anything unless you carry it out. 
She knelt, wrapped her arms around the droid, gave him a squeeze she knew he could not feel. You will tell us if you need help. We will help. I have my comm link. She said. I'll tell you. Tears blurred her vision for the first time in days. She rose, pulled her goggles free of Tannen's jack, and hurriedly climbed up into her cockpit, unable to face the droid again. Tannen wheedled one last sad sound and rolled toward the landing craft. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I read this and I'm just like, Min who? Yeah. <laughs> this is the greatest love story This is in the Star real love story of Solo Command. It truly is. I'm so upset about this. I'm so sad. <clears throat> Alright. The rogues and rights pursue the 181st in Salagus's atmosphere. Uh-huh. The floor rights, also in interceptors, kill Wiz, Tarragon, and Shala, are able to keep up with Fel and sends reports back to Wedge. The 181st starts strafing an old settlement. Wedge knows that it's abandoned, but they're the New Republic, and even one innocent person is down there, he wouldn't be able to live with it. So he gives the Friendly Ties permission to engage. Kel feels that old fear welling up in his chest, just like when they fought against an implacable. But instead of running, he decides to take his anger at feeling, at feeling scared out on the enemy. Look at that oh, character I'm development. So, I'm so proud of him. He's doing so well. As they battle, Kel notices the ties are fighting defensively. Wiz figures out that they're waiting for the rogues. Warlord Gabor is not happy with how much red is on his sensor board. The ships are taking too much damage from Han's second fleet, while his main fleet is virtually unscathed and in position to hammer them hard. Warlord Gabor orders them to Keith bring has Iron Fist. To say about that. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Keeping it to myself. <laughs> Orla <laughs> Gabor orders them to bring Iron Fist out of the asteroid ring where the second death is all of the ships can be recalled and once they're in position they can flee at their discretion overall Warlord Gabor is not a happy camper as the rogues and the wraiths enter the battle Fel and his wingmate immediately form up on Wedge and Tycho they exchange some words about how Wedge doesn't want to kill Fell because he was once a rogue, but in reality, it's only because he needs to know where his sister is. Captain Onoma sees Warlord Gabor starting to run. Han's fleet is taking damage, especially the Y-Wings, but they're finally within range of Iron Fist. They start firing, but it fires back, the shields of the Ramonda lit up. During the fight against Fell, Tycho's X-Wing is damaged and Fell's wingmate blows up. He tries to land, but Fel comes around and hits the nose of the X-Wing, and Tycho has to go extra vehicular. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he does. (laughs) (laughs) Wedge finally figures out that the rough winds around the sea help propel the much lighter ties, and is able to track Fel accurately enough to hit his engines. When he sees Fel crash, he comes in to land. As they fight... Piggy gets on the comm, explaining that he's figured it out. Before, when he noticed the pairs of the 181st behaving strangely, it's because one of the pairs is operated by a droid slave to the other tie. It also happens to be filled with explosives. <laughs> Piggy suggests to Corn and Face that their comm, remember Corn Horn, a pilot, that their comm officers 
jam the communications between them. If he's right, their fortunes will turn around. If he's not, they're no worse off than before. The Monromanda detects explosives in the asteroid field that get in the way of them pursuing Iron Fist. They have to go around, but it means they lose more ground. Lara gets in the atmosphere following ten super weird-looking ties. She drops almost to the water to avoid being detected. Piggy's plan works amazingly well, and Wiz takes out the last of the ties as they see the ten new ones approach. Wedge jumps out of his X-Wing, blaster drawn, and heads over to where Fell is limping away from his down fighter. Fell takes off his mask and reveals a face that Wedge doesn't know. The man introduces himself as Tetrin Cowell. What? What? <laughs> this made me so mad at you. <laughs> it's, it's another long con. Seriously. Right? Oh my god. It's just been fake Fell this whole time. Yep. It's like, Ugh. why do they keep name dropping Tetrin Cowell yeah, this whole and also, time? Not just any fake Fell, but that thing that Face was doing for like the first two whole books. Face's arch nemesis has been doing it to us for the whole three books, too. <laughs> I can't so believe mad. this. I was so mad. <laughs> Just, oh, my God. Yeah, I was so, so mad, but in the best way possible. Yeah. Because <laughs> we all got duped. <laughs> we got so duped. Tetrin tells Wedge that Warlord Gabor hired him to be fell. To, it was all to lure Wedge and to torture him as he led his fake 181st unit. Tetrin's job... Oh, I already said that. Why did I say that twice? It's fine. <laughs> His job was to lure Wedge out and kill him. Wedge says that he failed until Tetrin points out the raptor ties. Rather than shoot him, Wedge races back to his fighter. Poor Wedge. Poor Wedge. He doesn't even get any kind of revenge or closure <sighs> or anything. Wedge. Poor Wedge. Thank goodness this Three. isn't the last X-Wing book. Yeah. <laughs> Three raptor ties are coming for Wedge. Going to fire before he gets in his his speeder. Why did I write speeder? <laughs> to get in his X-Wing. <laughs> his little speedy speedster X-Wing. <laughs> right? Pew pew! Sud <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, one of the raptors explodes that was trying to hit Tycho, who is now undercover. Oh wait, just kidding. I totally skipped the line. Suddenly, one explodes, giving Wedge the time to get airborne. It's Lara! She also took <laughs> care of one of the raptors that was trying to hit Tycho, who is now undercover. Wedge and Lara manage to take out the other two raptor ties, but Lara's hit, crashing her X-Wing and leaving it mangled on the ground. Wedge looks for her, but goes back to find Tycho when he doesn't see anything. Piggy is expertly conducting the race in the rogues against the new ties. They are supremely successful. And I think my favorite part in all of this is Piggy just goes, "Ugh, I love math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like the most Piggy thing that's happened so far in all it's these books. It's so, so good. <laughs> He's so pleased. <laughs> the Iron Fist makes it to open space, and Warlord Gabor orders Second Death to use their cloaking device to give them a chance to escape. He gives Captain Velar command of the fleet, needing to finish his plan in a shuttle. When he gets there, he sees the shuttle captain is okay, but Melvar and pasty-faced Ensign Getterweld, tied and bleeding. <laughs> he calls in the medics, but does not wait for them. We need to start, like, a emo punk pop band called Pasty-Face Ensign Getterweld. 
It's pretty good. Oh my god, that's really I dig good. It. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Captain Anoma announces that there's no way for them to catch Iron Fist. Han orders them to keep the starfighters pursuing them, hoping that they'll crack before they can jump. They've taken heavy casualties, and it doesn't matter to Han if they are destroyed and captured World of Gabor's forces if Iron Fist gets away. He sees the rogues in the race return, thankful that Wedge is among them, because he doesn't need to lose one of his friends today. Polarm 9 to Tango Nor is close to Iron Fist firing when they are swallowed by the blackness and unusual sensor data. He tries to tell Mon Ramonda about the extra support, but all he gets is static. Iron Fist and Second Death are in place as Warlord Gabor escapes in his shuttle. Han starts freaking out because the Iron Fist disappears, but she couldn't have gone to hyperspace, and they finally see the odd visual. Captain Villar orders the fighters to wait, knowing he's dooming them to Second Death's explosion, but he knows this is how he'll convince Han the Iron Fist is actually destroyed. Tatango Nor approaches the Second Death and sees the fake Iron Fist hull. He heads back to the Monromanda at full speed, hoping to get a message off. But in an instant, all he feels is warmth. No, not to Tango Nor. I know. (laughs) They were just doing his job. They could have killed someone like Piggy or Min Donos, but instead, Alston's got to stab us (laughs) in the heart once more with to Tango Nor. It had to be Nor. Unbelievable. How dare. It's up there again. Oh, no, Danny! <laughs> Danny! Ugh, so rude. The explosion is seen from the bridge of the Mon Ramonda. They have reports there was a hyperspace jump right before the explosion, but they don't know if that was the mystery ship or not. Then they get visuals of the hull of the Iron Fist, which we know is not true. They get a comm from Warlord Gabor. Han has Chewie come to answer it with him, of course. They banter a bit, Han offering to let Warlord Gabor kiss Chewie to make up for his losses, which only sets him off in a string of curses in many languages. At the, as the message ends, Han reassures Chewie that no, he wouldn't let him kiss him. And on the other end, Warlord Gabor is disappointed his pilot doesn't appreciate the show he put on. Imagine your best friend <laughs> threatening people with you kissing them. <laughs> So rude. Chewie's self-esteem has to be not great. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Giving Chewie a damn complex. Right? He's like, wait, do people really not want to kiss me? <laughs> Poor Chewie. He just wants love. Well, for something completely different, <laughs> Dr. Gast is resting in her cell when Noir Ven comes in to tell her she's being taken to Coruscant the next day aboard the Nara. He has her new identity... Maharg Tullis, an interior decorator from Alderaan. She remarks that it's an ugly name, but Noara explains it matches her ugly spirit. Oh. So good. This is why he's such a good lawyer. Ah, so good. So sharp. He gives her the opportunity to donate her money back to the New Republic, but she refuses and asks for it in Imperial credits. She also wants a bodyguard for the trip, and Nawara offers his services until they get to Coruscant. She says it's good enough, just happy she'll be rid of the rebels and warlord Gabor soon enough. Wedge looks over his four squadrons. Thankfully, the rogues in the race didn't lose anyone. Asir was injured, but she'll make a full recovery. Thank goodness. Oh, thank goodness. 
Nova and Pol- Gavin doesn't need that. Yeah, seriously. Nova and Polarm Squadron took serious casualties, though, and for now they'll head back to Coruscant to rebuild. The rugs will have planetary duty for a while, and the race have some good news and some bad news. Wedge likes his dessert first, and tells Face that his promotion is sticking. He's Captain Garrick Lauren from now on, and still in command of the Wraiths. The veggies is that the Wraiths are no longer a starfighter unit. They were so impressive that the Elder Kraken is turning the race into an intelligence unit. They'll have to accept, of course, but they get the Elder Kraken's personal wishes that they transfer and stay together. Wiz, being Wiz, immediately yells that he's going back to Rogue Squadron. That was the <laughs> deal, Wedge! <laughs> <laughs> and the race argue, don't argue because Wiz is bad luck. And he's too serious, but Shala is going to miss his cute behind. Aww. <laughs> Wedge agrees, and he instructs everyone to put in their transfer quests through the proper channels, and that they'll all meet that night to celebrate. Also, like, Polarm 2 or whatever, Polarm whatever, Dorset Conair survived, and I want to know if she's looking for a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> you love awesome. Dorset Conair so much. I love- love her i know nothing about her but i love her that night face looks around at everyone celebrating knowing that this will be the last time they're all together that tomorrow everything he's known for so long will be different wedge comes over to ask how the voting is going and face explains that most of the rates will be intelligence rates tomorrow wedge thinks it's the right move happy that everybody else saw the need for the unit like he did Face asks if Akbar has conceded the bet, and Wedge explains he woke up to a message congratulating him. Even I wanted you to win. How could I vote against the Starfighter unit proving its worth? <laughs> Sorry, halfway through I thought about Danny reading this in his <laughs> No comment. <laughs> so good. Min comes over to them and shakes Face's hand. He's going to stay in Starfighter Command because he belongs in a ship. Carillion thing, probably. (laughs) What are the odds? (laughs) What are the odds? Uh... (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) Wedge tells him he's been assigned to a unit already. Rogue Squadron. Promotion! Min is so pleased, he even smiles a little bit. Wow. And that Amazing. is the most perfect way to conclude Min's character arc. Right? Min yeah. smiled. And small and then, smile. Oh, he came all the way full circle. He smiled. And then he, he goes and like willingly talks to some rogue. Wow. <laughs> I'm really proud of so much. He's going to get along with Corrin. Oh, gosh. Well, they are both brilliant. And they're both big bros. They're both the biggest bros. (laughs) My gosh, Corey can wingman for him. No. Gast and Nawara arrive at Coruscant. As they wait in the customs line, he asks where she's going, but she's not fool enough to tell him. When her bag gets inspected, the agent stops shocked at the sight of half a million imperial credits little did they know little did guests know bringing any imperial credits onto coruscant is an act of smuggling is she stupid like 
Sure is. <laughs> the moment she was like, I want Imperial credits. I'm like, lady, this is not going to end well for you. The Empire is not in charge here. <laughs> Noara then leans over to Gas to explain that. Well, actually, bringing in that many Imperial credits is considered an act of sedition, which is way worse than smuggling. And she'll spend at least a lifetime in a prison on Coruscant. Dang. Dang. No savage. <laughs> it's so lawyered. So lawyered. Gas accuses him of setting her up, but he did no such thing. He let her make all of her own choices about what she wanted to do. She spits in his face and he wipes it off with a fine embroidered handkerchief and throws it away as she's dragged off by security. <laughs> Why so did Noir become so bourgeois? <laughs> I love it. Because he's not a pilot anymore. He just sits <laughs> he's in the just basement. a fine, fancy gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have to With go in the field one anymore. One leg and a law degree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, is that the name of his like biography? That's definitely oh his my memoir god. titles. Oh yes. my god, I love it. Wedge and Han are hanging out just like bros do in the falsehood, watching hyperspace go by. It's definitely not romantic <laughs> at all. Oh. oh my gosh, it's so romantic. It's super romantic. They are stargazing right now. Han says it should go in a museum, the nearest replica anyone will ever have of the Falcon. Then a calm message comes through. During the final altercations, there was a program running to check if any incoming voice messages matched Lara's voice. No one had thought to turn it off, and now they found a new message from Corellia addressed to Min Donos. Wedge and Han watch it, a redhead with delicate features named Kearney Slane. And I guess I'm going to read this because I wrote down that I was just going to read this. Great. Good. <laughs> the woman it showed had long red hair artfully draped in a braid over her shoulder. She was rather delicate of feature with an uncertain smile on her lips. Her name was Mara Jade. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hello, Min, she said. It's been a while since we've seen one another. Solo and Wedge looked at one another. That's Laura Nostal, Solo said. Wedge <laughs> glanced over at the data stream. No, it's someone named Kearney Slane. You're not even surprised? Solo glared at him, suspicion on his face. I'm back on Corellia now, the redhead said. After a few years of knocking around the galaxy. Years? Solo asked. More like a few days. Pretty good Corillian accent. Wedge said. I don't believe this. Solo said. Oh my god, Han <laughs> is so dense. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And I know, after the way we parted company, you may not want to see me again. But I had to find out if there was any sort of chance for us. I think I'm finally ready and able to give it a try again. There was hope in the woman's expression and acceptance. I'll be here at the address given in the message header for the next few weeks. I'm trying to drum up some traffic for my new shuttle business. I have a ship, a Sentinel-class landing craft I obtained used. I have a co-pilot you really need to meet, and an astromech you already know. Contact me, visit me, do whatever you feel you have to. I'll accept whatever you decide. The screen faded. Standby communications. Solo shut off the cockpit microphone and gave Wedge an accusing look. You said 
when you overflew her X-Wing that you saw no sign she'd ejected. That's right. Wedge stretched lazily. There was no automated comm signal indicating an ejection. Of course, that could have been damaged in combat, or she could have disabled it. Sure, sure. Anyway, as the X-Wing was rolling over and sinking, as I flew over her, I couldn't see whether the pilot's chair was still in there. Commander Square Corners himself showing a streak of duplicity, lying by omission. I can't believe it. Maybe. Ultimately, I believe in happy endings. Wedge said. I can hope for them anyway. Besides, with Wraith Squadron on one side of me and Han Solo on the other, how can I keep from being infected with duplicity? Good point. Solo considered. She could come back. What she did as an Imperial agent is nothing compared to what she did for us. Wedge shook really his head. I don't really know where to end this. <laughs> I don't really know where we should end this. <laughs> Maybe we'll just go to the end. <laughs> it's fine. Wedge shook his head. I think the way you do, but the law doesn't. In her false identity, she swore an oath to the New Republic, then transmitted classified data to the Empire during a time of war. That's treason. The only legal outcome for her would be the death sentence, regardless of what she did for us, regardless of the fact she's not remotely the same person who served the Empire in Admiral Triggett. You're right. Solo reactivated the comm unit. Communications, you have a false reading. The the sender's vocal similarity to Lara Nostal is a coincidence. She's dead. Understood? Uh, sir, our correlation is something like 99.997. Tell you what, I'll send Chewbacca up there and have him explain to you what I just said. No, no, sir, not necessary. I understand. Forward the message to Lieutenant Donos and then erase all the other ship's copies of the message. Nothing goes into the archives. Understood? Fully, sir. Solo out. <laughs> That's a good place to end it. Yeah. <laughs> Solo out. Solo out. <laughs> Solo out. One thing I am happy that they changed in the new canon is that the New Republic doesn't have the death sentence now. Yeah. Because when when we said that, I was like, wait, that what really? They're gonna yeah. kill her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's a it's traitor a to the New Republic. Like Empire. <laughs> it's a little imperial. It's it's a little rough. That's for sure. <laughs> Okay, but we that was a good place to cut out. But more importantly, in the next part, Han is like, come on, I'll buy you a drink, Wedge. And Wedge just retorts, I'll let you. <laughs> if that isn't flirting, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what's really important is that Tonin made made his way back to Lara. Tonin made his yeah. way back! They're together! I'm so happy! Yeah, okay. Min is I was gonna, really scared. Min is going to go through hell and high water to find her and then just feel like such a third wheel when he gets there. <laughs> but you know, even better though, the co-pilot he has to meet is definitely Colot. A 100% Colot. 100% percent So glad. <laughs> so he's going to be this weird fourth wheel. <laughs> yeah, really. I was so worried about how Lara's story was going to end, and I'm so happy that this is the place it ended at in this book. Like, she got her astromech and she got an Ewok that can fly. It's amazing. Right? Think of the zany adventures they're going to have running a shuttle business. They're going to have so many and, like, Maybe adventures. she'll get her man, but who really cares? Who cares? She has a good She's life She's got now. the Ewok and the Astromech. She's good. Yeah, that's all you need. She's yeah. good. Like, she's going to live a good life no matter what happens. I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy. Oh. <laughs> Thank goodness. Well, 
As Wedge and Han walk out hand in hand, Han says the best part of being a general is that he can basically do whatever he wants, like ruffling Wedge's hair, I guess. <laughs> They're so in love. What, so what is happening here? <laughs> Leia's been gone for too long. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wedge says... Wedge tells him to stop, but Han says he might call up Akbar and tell him what a natural Wedge would be for the rank of general. And that's where it ends. It literally just kind of trails off. Is, Le- like, is Leia like... presumed dead at this point? Is that why Wedge is flirting with Han so hard? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe we should decide to just go for guys because he's like, well, they can't be widows. Yeah, so he changed the gender, but he didn't change the fact that (laughs) their spouses are questionably absent. Yeah. (laughs) It's like not something he thought through. Like, like, Wedge, I don't think you've identified the problem here. (laughs) Right. Oh, Wedge. I love him. Come on. I love Wedge. And let's not forget that the story of Han Solo and Warlord Gabor continues. In the courtship oh, of yeah. Princess Leia. Yes. It yes. Is. Which should we reveal our surprise? <laughs> Woo. Sure. Well, we will no. actually be doing. <laughs> we will have the courtship of Princess Leia Padron to kick off 2018. So yes. look, out, look out for that. It's going to be a wreck. <laughs> it's going to be, be amazing. Month and a half long Valentine's Day special. Yes. It's going to be yes. a disaster. I'm, I'm, I'm so, so excited, excited about it. to actually read a real book for this and not you guys not <laughs> being like hey turn to this page and maybe like i don't have pages I'll finally oh because you have a real book all right, all right. just like everyone else i thought Sam yeah. was being sarcastic no yeah. no i actually own this book like a friend got it for me from like some market and turned up in my store and was like hey by the way i have a present for you and they handed me the culture of princess leia and i was like i know nothing about this book all I know is that C-3PO sings a song at some point, and I cannot wait for Saf to do that what? dramatic reading. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Oh, no! my <laughs> God. Yes. And oh, no. Sorry, Saf. You're the closest to British of any of us. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Correct. Oh, no. It's going to be great. Yeah. Great. Should we do some listener questions? We should yeah. do some listener We did not answer the listener question from no, last week. No. So, no. As a reminder, last or two weeks ago, we asked, if you were a ruler of a fleet of mouse droids, what would you have them do? I answered this one. You did. Do you remember remind, what your answer Yeah, remind us of what your answer was. Yeah, they were going to get me snow cones. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Heath didn't like my answer. No, it's boring. <laughs> I, I would somehow turn them into a home gym. Oh, my God. Oh, that's good. So we could work out, and it would be so amazing and high-tech that Dwayne The Rock Johnson would come and work out at this Master Gym with me. Nice. You know how everyone always makes the joke of, like, Uber but for X? Yeah! I would train my mouse droids to be just Ubers for everything. Yes! Wonderful. Like, when I want a book from the bookstore but don't want to go there, I would send it to get it for me and come back with it. Or when you want your glass of wine from the kitchen and you just yeah. do not want to leave the and couch. And I don't want to get off the couch. It would go get me my wine. Amazing. So Uber but for fill in the blank would be what my mouse droids do. Uh, mine is going to be very me. I would let them be free and do whatever they wanted to do with their <laughs> lives. They would be free mouse droids. 
free in the world. <laughs> Do they have all have like socks and like cozies on? <laughs> yeah, so oh they're little beanies. Yeah, and they're all, they're all named beanies. Dobby. Dobby's <laughs> <laughs> a free elf, <laughs> and that's what. They just retort that every time someone tries to tell them to do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Amazing. <laughs> um, listeners sent in a bunch of responses, so let's start digging into these. Luke Brywalker said, I'd have my army of mouse droids keep fetching replacement directors for our Star Wars movies. They might <laughs> even find a lady or a person of color. Oh, wow, the shade. <laughs> Harsh, but fair. <laughs> Orbosh said, I would have the fleet of mouse droids strap themselves to people's feet to become ad hoc roller skates. At first, it would be a cool parkour extreme kind of thing, but would devolve into a disco boogie scene. Think of the Wraith and Stormtroopers skating, dancing in formation, Han doing Saturday Night Fever move, um, firing his blaster into... Oh, I just moved some words. What are you doing? That was the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I, I have this weird habit of like highlighting stuff as I read, so I just actually yeah. moved words. Um, I love the image of using them as roller skates. Yeah, that's really this is like, great. really good. And like so just good. having like an eighties di- or eighties. What am I talking about? Like a fifties diner on the Death Star, where all the wait- waiters and waitresses are rolling around on mouse droids. Yep, I love it. Swara said, equip them with fins to swim and have them save all the animals displaced by Hurricanes Harvey and Irma. Snoke said, I would have them chase Millicent as a gang. Wow, Snoke. That's rude. (laughs) I guess he is the villain. Sounds like Snoke. Really on brand. Dark Sapiens said, beautiful animated giant pictures and shapes that can only be seen from the air. They will, of course, be glistening in the sun to create neat effects. One of the images will be of Pex, another of Mantuin, Mantuin the third. Oh, this reminds me of the scene from Wally when Wally and Eve are like dancing outside the ship, making like images oh. with their s- s- flames. Oh my god! You know what else you could do with Master Raids? Is like, okay, go could use them for a video, and it'll be amazing. <laughs> ben Yendel said, salvaging old battle sites like Endor or Yavin. Practical use. Amy said she would dissemble them to find and bring her all of the Porg merchandise. So she wants Uber, but for Porgs. Is she telling Uber, them to for steal? Porgs. I totally support. What was that? Is she telling them to steal? You better give them money. Yeah. They'll pop out <laughs> little, like, monies. Don't get these droids in trouble. Wait, do you think she means, like, merchandise that is Porgs or merchandise for Porgs? Both. Merchandise that is porgs. For because sure. then you need you need to give your porgs something after you have them. Right. Right. Yeah. Imagine if a mouse droid came back and it just actually had a real porg sitting on it. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. This is what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Oh, uh, that makes you think of the scene from Guardians of the Galaxy two when Baby Groot was like trying to bring the what was he trying to bring right. for them, and he kept bringing all the the wrong things. <laughs> Uh, yes. his, his mohawk, his robot mohawk. Oh yeah, he's trying oh to be the robot God. mohawk. I want so that with mouse droid with so mouse bad. Droid, like it shows, it rolls up with a porg at one point. Yeah, did it. <laughs> oh, and I want Baby Groot to meet a porg. Oh, I, I'll make that happen. Thank you. Oh my God, yes. Make my dreams come true, Heath. Remind me tomorrow. Okay. Jay said he would have his mouse droids assemble underneath my throne, so it would become a mobile throne. 
<laughs> okay, Jay. That's so Jay. Wow. And is I think Mobile Throne is a little play on mobile phone there, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Maybe not. Into a larger world said, come clean up Houston after Uncle Harvey trashed it and left town. Oh, Aww. Uncle Harvey. Dinner leader said, honestly, probably mostly beasts of burden and scaring the heck out of my cats. Jeez. <laughs> They're like beasts of burden, but the burden they can carry is like two and a half pounds tops. <laughs> yeah. Small. I'm not going to be able to do much. <laughs> Spitfire said, totally mundane, but I'd get them to clean my house. Some of them would be dedicated ant, cockroach, and mouse hunters. Oh my god, do you have that problem in your house? Once my house was spotless, I could get them to do my friend's places and then rent them out for the money. I don't like this, like, weird droid slavery thing happening in a lot of these answers. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I need, like, spew, but for mouse droids. Yeah. Seth, <laughs> the question was, what would you make your army of mouse droids do for you? <laughs> well, I we, said I would free them. We kind of set it up to be a slavery question. Yeah. <laughs> Let the droids be free. Uh, this, I think this one's on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Eleanor said, my army of mouse droids would follow Wes, Wiz, Wes, Wiz, <laughs> everywhere. Eleanor practically. just said it once. Yeah. <laughs> Practically tripping him and lurking corners of whatever room he's in. His irritation would be beautiful to see, especially as Wedge would smirk at him every time they startled him. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Hassan said he would have his fleet of mastroids do one thing. Strive for galaxy domination. Watch out, Snoke. <laughs> I appreciate that how Hassan is still putting the eggplant emoji in all yeah. his tweets. In every single <laughs> answer. Like, yeah. It was like three seasons ago where we asked people to we- do that. <laughs> We asked them to do that once, yeah. I Thank so you for it. listening. You're still listening. You're the only one. <laughs> only one still listening. <laughs> Matthew Appleby said, I would train a legion of Lothcats to ride the Masteroids and attack the Empire's kneecaps. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's really good. I dig that. Raising Fangirls said, if I had an army of Masteroids, they would scurry around collecting blackmail photos of my squad mates. Oh, nice. <laughs> like that. Plotting revenge already. Ben Warman said, I could order my army of mouse droids to come together into a super intelligent droid hive mind and help take over the galaxy. I like that one. You and Hassan should compare notes, Ben. (laughs) Tom said, I would load every mouse droid with an audio file of Vader's breathing and send them into the ventilation ducts. When officers (laughs) slept, the droids would roll up and play the audio to wake them up or give them Vader nightmares. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Either way, when I make my move, they'll all be too sleep-deprived to defend themselves or their ship. Tom also (laughs) clarified he meant Anakin Vader, not Padme Vader. Okay. There's not a Padme Vader. It's Natalie Natalie Portman Portman Vader, Vader. Tom. There's a different. Very clear theory here. Not hard to, <laughs> not hard to wrap your brain around. <laughs> Tom added, in peacetime, though, I would glue the fleet to the feet of various bipedal droids and make them perform Starlight Express. Oh, <laughs> wow. oh my gosh, musical theater droids. I love that's those like, answers so much. That's like double slavery there, Seth, though. It is, but it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
So slavery's fine if it makes you laugh. I see. <laughs> um, I didn't mean that. <laughs> how, how committed to droid spew are you? That's an audio oh. file that's going to be taken out of context if you're not careful. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> if I ever run for president, please delete these. No, see, oh, Heath sure. said it, not you, is the thing. It is. It is far too late for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, yeah. so late. <laughs> that ship has sailed and gone around the globe. <laughs> Ian Miller said, if I were king of the droids, I would build a great library and never let someone delete star systems from it like that idiot Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel love like he- you had a bone to pick and you just kind of <laughs> skewed the question <laughs> to be about what you wanted to talk about here. <laughs> Ian is... Ian, it's Ian is channeling his inner Jocasta new, and I am here for it. <laughs> I love it. News of the Galaxy said, if I controlled thousands of masters, I would ride them around sitting on a swarm of them, raiding Beecher's cheese shops. Okay, that's real, though. Beecher's is the best. I mean, geez. And then our last answer here is from Zero. Take it away, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> This I love this answer me. so much. This upsets me so much. <laughs> so mad. I'd have the droids tickle you in your sleep. Tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm so glad I purposely put that one last. <laughs> that is my personal hell. <laughs> Especially when thinking about Zero. <laughs> Zero is the clown from It. Uh, I would like to give a glistening body to Tom the fanboy for acknowledging the Darth Vader theory. Yeah, and also like his prank is actually hilarious. Like, yeah, it's really good. Sending Vader breathing noises through the ventilation ducts <laughs> to scare everybody that he's like coming is really good. It's amazing. Also, it I want to nominate Ed Miller because <laughs> the salt in that is good. <laughs> <It's> so salty. <laughs> Can I like? Nominate Zero to never win a glistening body enough to the sponsor. <laughs> Wait. You give a glistening Borgullet. Yeah, it's, it's a glistening Borgullet. I feel like Zero would kind yeah. of enjoy that, though. Oh, no. Zero, you get nothing. <laughs> Live in your shame, Zero. Oh, does I feel like Zero probably does already. Yeah. Oh. Can we give Hassan a smaller glistening body just for this continued eggplant yes, like, determination? I'm, really, I'm glad. Thank you for that. Absolutely. And I'm just nominating everybody, but I also want to nominate Mapplebee for a smaller glistening body because that's adorable. It's really cute. The Lothcats. Yeah. The, the Lothcats mouse droid combo is very <laughs> lethal. It's really good. I, I really enjoy how many answers we got for this question. People really got into this one. Yeah, Yay. they did. They did. I'm so happy. <laughs> Um, are we doing a question this week since we're taking a couple weeks and then doing State of the Squadron? Oh. No. I, does anybody have a question for this week? Oh, I did, oh, but now I can't remember what I see it was. Ben's about to write something. Yes. Let's just have a joke question. Why not? Um. On a scale of one to gay. <laughs> we could ask why people think Wedge is flirting so hard with Han. 
Oh my gosh. Can they please describe a date for Wedge? Oh, yeah. Yes. Date night with Wedge and Han. Karelian date night. Go. Yep. Okay. So that's your that's your question for this for this week listeners and we will uh, this is one we have to come back to, I think. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, cuz it's going to be romantic. Describe date night with Han and Wedge. Amazing. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> Hashtag Game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't think either Han or Wedge are Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think, don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, hit us up on Twitter at RogPodron with your answer to this question. Find us at our website, rogpodron.tumblr.com. Also, yes, our Twitter is back. Go at us on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry that we broke up for, like, five yeah. days. Yeah. We ha- we've had a reunion. I'm, I'm glad we didn't record last week because that would have been a little confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So do that. Tweet us at RogPodron. Email us, rogpodron at gmail.com. Some sub subscribe via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner. No, we're just on iTunes. Far Far Away Radio is iTunes, FeedBurner, Stitcher, and Google Play. I'm so used to saying that. Give us a review. Show us you love us. Make it five stars to show us you love us a lot, please. <laughs> so we can each have one star and split. <laughs> yep. A star and a quarter each. It's what we want. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, next time in three weeks, I believe, We'll be X-Wing, Solo Command, State of the Squadron, and get your copies of X-Wing, Ice Star's Revenge, ready. Because we'll be doing that to finish up 2017. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Solo out. Solo Solo out. out. (laughs) Out the password or something. Like I don't even understand. It's just weird because. But like, why? I don't know. Like if they yeah, had delightful. If they had just deactivated it, we would have been able to like still like log in and reactivate it, which is why yeah. I'm so. Well, they changed like... the password. They logged in, then changed the password, and then deactivated it. So weird. Yeah. Because I went through like I found I managed to get the history of like what happened then, and yeah, that was that was what happened. So they didn't change the password before logging in or like do a password request or anything, they just logged in. Who were we pissed off recently? I don't know. I don't nope. know, like everybody? Yeah, like kind of nobody, but also everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, probably everybody. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, Maybe think... there's like a really mad bothan out there. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh my gosh, it could be a slicer. It's just weird because, like, if you're going to hack an account, do something fun with it. Don't just don't deactivate just, yeah. it. Right, like, it's yeah, so, it's boring. so boring. <laughs> That's such a rogue pod thing. We're not mad that we got hacked. <laughs> We're mad that the person right? didn't do something fun with our account when they hacked us. Yeah. <laughs> right, like, come so on. That would, that would be funny. Like, props to you, then. Like, <laughs> yeah. I get it. But to just deactivate it is... <sighs> Did they think right. we wouldn't be able so to get back in? So anticlimactic. They didn't do any kind of shit post even. I was like, right? I don't understand. Are you mad? Maybe they us? knew that would piss us off though if they didn't do that. Like these, <laughs> this is the ultimate these attention revenge. hogs. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, I may write that tweet in. By fandom, it will probably die. This is the hill I'm gonna die on. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of those. Yeah, you have a lot of hills. Killed many times. (laughs) I'm spread. I'm spread across many hills. Yeah, (laughs) they're very small hills, so I can stand them all at once. Scatter me across (laughs) these hills. (laughs) (laughs) Scatter my ashes on each of these. That. That a little bit of your ghost will haunt each of them. <laughs> Perfect. Give <laughs> everyone's up. This is the hill that is haunted by the left foot of Saf. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Big Toe, it got confused with other ashes, and yeah. it's over. <laughs> <laughs> That's a three hills over. Yeah. On the, the big... androids and humanity hill. The Big Toe is on its own hill. Yeah. <laughs> Just one. Just one. I mean, she she wanted to die on this hill, but not as much as the other hill. Yeah, you gotta, like, balance it out by how much I actually she, care about the thing. She wanted to die one toe's worth for this hill. <laughs> if you want to see her nose in her left ear, you have to go to the bisexuality visibility hill off that way. <laughs> that's, that's way over there. <laughs> it's not also, visible, the middle finger of her left hand. <laughs> 